Hey kiddos, Miss Nightmare here with a special guest, Hungry November Lion. So I said maybe weeks ago that I would eventually be talking about the Wendigo. And C'est la vie and I haven't, so here we are now, in the present. So, Hungry November Lion, you want to say hello to our audience? Hello, beautiful audience. (laughs) Okay, so... What the fuck is a Wendigo? You've probably heard about it. Honestly, I kept forgetting the name of it, so then I couldn't really do research because I couldn't remember what it was. Um, So I'm going to ask you, is it... I know it is some kind of creature, (laughs) but is it more a creature, a spirit, or a straight-up monster? What would you kind of describe the Wendigo as? Well, there is a kind of difference with that because there is a possibility that in some instances um, it is considered more of a monster because it does have that human aspect in it. Mm -hmm. Um, In other aspects, it is considered a spirit um, that is corrupting a human so mm-hmm. so it's you know kind of a an outside factor uh really changing it into um almost demonic proportions so so that's a little bit of a slippery slope um because there's again that kind of duality to it because there's human aspects in it and there's very cryptic zoological cryptic uh aspects into it hmm. Well, I mean, that's basically what I had researched upon, came upon, researching, (laughs) la-di-da. Shut up. I know. I'm not an English major. I apologize. My way of speaking is a little bit, mm, you know, and not so great. But people still listen to it, though. (laughs) Okay. um, But like he said, well, according to my descriptions via... Handy dandy, what is it? Um, Wikipedia. <laughs> always handy dandy Wikipedia. Um, I'd say it almost, because you know how you said it's almost like a duality, almost try kind of thing? It also, I guess, depends on the area of where you are. Yes, it does. Uh, uh, there, Like I said, um, some tribes kind of really believe that it's more of this kind of uh, this entity, this spirit that kind of comes around um, and infects the area and can harm somebody. And in other areas, it is literally somebody that has uh, been taken over essentially by this spirit. And now they are becoming demonic. And then in other places, it is literally people who have strayed off the path Mm-hmm. and are essentially reaping what they sowed. So they're dealing with consequences of maybe, uh, you know, dealing with some type of craft or something that maybe they didn't know what they were doing. Uh, maybe they got in over their head um, with stuff like that and have slightly altered their um, personalities, have slightly altered their uh, ways of life, and they have then, again, turned to being... Uh, quote-unquote Wendigo after they cross a certain line. Okay, kind of like the skinwalkers. Like, once... It's almost like an unforgivable kind of... Yeah, yeah yes. Point. Um, this point, specifically, um, with, uh, as we talked about with the skinwalker, is essentially killing a family member. 
and doing that kind of ritualistic thing. With the Wendigo specifically, um, it is cannibalism. Uh-huh. It is consuming any type of human flesh. And um, this is very understandable because they're in the, you know, greater northern states. is where this is very prominent mm-hmm. uh, in understanding. And you have to understand the winters up there were harsh. Um, it was freezing cold. And you had to really understand that sometimes, you know, the harvests and stuff weren't great. And if you got snowed in with somebody... Cannibalism was a real option because, you know, if somebody died and you're starving to death, well, this person's already dead. You know, Lord forgive me, but here we go. We're going to, you know, we're going to have to do this, you know. Um, so, I mean, there, there are very interesting situations in which they had to possibly cross that line. And like I say, this is where that kind of, you really can't call it one thing or another. Because in this instance, you know, uh, maybe these were good people, but they were overcome by this, you know, uh, it's actually thought of more as greed. It's, it's considered greed to li- greedy to uh, want to live and resort to that, mm-hmm. you, you cannibalizing another human. And that's the hard part right there is just uh, them crossing over. And now they may not be any different, but they are... If it is known that they have consumed flesh, it is now taboo to be around them. It, you know, they are being ostracized by the community because it's, you're a Wendigo. Mm-hmm. You, you, have, you have gone to that place mm-hmm. and you can't get out of there no more. So Lord knows what's going to happen. You know, you could turn on anybody in the community now. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm going to back up to the point where we talked about it being more up north. Um, so when we were talking like about origins, something I read from once again, Wikipedia, which had other la-di-da information, <laughs> they said the First Nations, I'll go, how do you even say that? Algonquian? Algonquin. Al- Algonquin? Algonquian. Algonquian? There you go. Okay. All right. So the First Nations, Algonquian tribes... Um, based in the north northern forest, Nova Scotia, um, east coast of Canada, and Great Lake regions of Wisconsin, which I found it interesting. It said Wisconsin, um, but that's if you guys are re- wondering, like specifically where up north, that's about where up north. Could it be? Is it just really like a North American thing, or could it be like anywhere? Well, I mean, um, there is. Uh, specifically for the Wendigo and what we're covering right now is uh, based here in uh, North America. Other places and other religions and other cultures have had instances of cannibalistic monsters and stuff. Um, but different names. But but different names. And um, again, with this specific one, it is uh, kind of that taboo. We're crossing that taboo line mm-hmm. of... Now we are a cannibal. Okay. You have consumed the flesh. And it's not so much a, oh, well, if I consume this, I'll become, you know, great and powerful. It's it's not a thought process like that. It is something very dark that you, uh, even the, you know, kind of like the dark art arts, witch, I want to say, that using that term very loosely, which, um would not want to do. 
Mm. You know, it, it's one of those things that you, you're not going to cross. You're not going to do it willingly. Okay. You know, it, 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 there is kind of this thought process of either it is pushed upon you or there's something really dark and deep inside of you in your mind. Mm-hmm. And you cross that you know, and there, there's, like I say, there's not that kind of coming back or curling back. And, um, you really have to watch with that, uh, with that specifically. But the Wendigo, yes, the, the Wendigo, the name is, is North American. Okay. Okay. Um, so what have you heard the physical descriptions are? From what I had read, it's usually thought of as gaunt, like gaunt, very tight skin, like beyond emaciated, like like, if we think anorexic, but take it up a notch, like, even more sunken in, right? Mm-hmm. With about ash-gray skin tone, fresh from the grave kind. Like, maybe you've been dead a little bit, but not, like, long enough to be super, super decomposing. Decomposed. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I'm not telling you to shut up. I'm telling my audience to shut up. <laughs> um... Tattered bloody lips was another thing. Sunken back eyes and smelling, as I would say, gross, but specifically more like decaying flesh. Yes, a decaying, uh, rotted flesh. Um, again, since there's kind of two thought processes, there's either the one process that's more spiritual. Uh, yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the more creature, monster, cryptic, cryptic thought process. Um, and usually, uh, it, essentially, it has antlers. That is the one thing that you can uh, bet that no matter where you go, you're going to hear that the creature, monster, the, you know, the, the physical apparition is uh, going to have antlers. And they're going to be like deer antlers. They're not going to be um, like moose antlers. So they're going to be pointed, and that's always uh, a trait that you'll see with them. Uh, and like you said, yes, a kind of a decaying, fleshy look um there's going to be chunks missing out um that makes sense I guess. yeah there yeah because um <laughs> again because then at that point um why there's chunks missing out is because the thought process is it's biting itself it's eating itself mm-hmm. too because it has crossed that line and if it can't find you know essentially another human to feed off of at that moment it'll start to eat itself just to to tide it over until it can get uh to essentially fresh meat um, who? Oh, uh, just anybody? <laughs> Any, anybody, essentially. Anybody will fucking do it. Like <laughs> anybody will do, essentially. The, um, the horror of the cryptid world. Um, yes, uh, but definitely um, a lot of depictions are uh, usually of um, elk heads or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, s- uh, some type of deer head, usually. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's pretty much that. Uh, they do have that human-esque body. You know, it, it is mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then, of course, on the other flip side, uh, you can kind of tell, like you said, um, almost like a walking zombie thought process mm-hmm. that we've we've come to know, you know, that there's like, you know, little pieces missing out of the hu- the human, you know. So this mm-hmm. person essentially uh, on the uh, side that's not so much cryptic that, that you know, um, that you see it as a human, the human has changed and there's something inside the human being bad. Mm-hmm. Um that that's like you said the really gray skin tone um and there's kind of a demeanor to it as well of kind of like being here but not here you know so your your physical body would be here but you're not present so you know somebody asks you questions and stuff and they just you, you're not gonna get a response from them <laughs> um and of course bloody pieces 
of flesh and stuff yeah. are, are around them. Not like, you know, following them where they go, but, you know, they'll keep some kind of sustenance very close, you know? So, I mean, like, if somebody's, like, running out to their truck every little bit, and like you say, maybe coming back with, like, even, like, bleeding lips where they've bit themselves, mm-hmm. that's one of the kind of telltale signs is they're so overtaken by this need to feed on human flesh that while they're eating, they can bite their tongue or bite their lip and oh. even actually eat part of it. And it not really register with them as being a problem. Oh, yeah. that that makes sense. Um, let's see, because... So, when we're talking about, you know, him biting the lips and things like that, which is uh, coming into play with the physical descriptions of the Wendigo, that also um, con- comes into, like, the mentality of the Wendigo. So, that's a really important thing about this cryptid. So, like you said, kind of could be zombie-like, but also a huge part of the Wendigo mentality, I would say, like we kind of touched upon earlier, was... Um, insatiable greed so like you know that's kind of thing of where it can keep eating but the part of the wendigo the thing is it doesn't get fat it's still skinny because it's starving and it can't get enough flesh (laughs) and like eating people but it's never like full kind of like it reminds me of Pirates of Caribbean you know like they're dead they can drink all they want but it just goes right through them yeah that's kind of what I would compare it to Yes, definitely, like you say. Uh, but but um, it's kind of interesting because, uh, again, the Wendigo and the, the tale, essentially, of the Wendigo is, is about that greed. Uh, you know, I mean, like, uh, the moral of the story, I guess, if you wanted to call it mm-hmm. that. That essentially would be what it is. Um, and you really are being taught that lesson of, you know, this is how far a human can degrade themselves down to uh, being, you know, so greedy. Um, so there is that aspect. And of course, um, since, you know, uh, it is the middle of summer, uh, we can talk about the Wendigo. Usually the Wendigo, even the mention of its name is really taboo. You don't really talk about it, um, until about the middle of summer. You can talk about the, talk about it in the middle of summer, but again, you, you do kind of keep it scarce. You don't, you know, go just hollering and screaming because again, it's, um, going back to that kind of very old thought process of you put something out there in the world as a verbal word, mm-hmm. some kind of spoken writ, and it can manifest. It can be drawn towards you. Um, and of course, since these uh, types of things, uh, you know, the uh, Wendigo kind of coming out was a winter thing because of the starvation and having the issues. And again, a Wendigo would come when there's cannibalistic things that have happened, mm-hmm. um, that that's the kind of turning point. You have to be very careful with that. Um, so we are trying to uh, adhere to some of the cultural thought processes, at least, you know, at least we're not doing this on Christmas Day. So. Yes. Because actually, I mean, when I had asked him about, you know, possibly when we discussed the Wendigo, he said we couldn't do it for a couple weeks, and I was like, why not? <laughs> yeah. Me being from Arizona, um, I don't have a real winter. So I'm like, what what are seasons? <laughs> what are it's just hot and hotter here, so hot, hotter, yeah, pretty much down there in Arizona. Yeah, just... unless you're up in like flag or something, but where I live it's it's fucking hot. Um so you keep talking about, you know, like the the whole process of 
cannibalism during winter. Not that I guess you couldn't eat someone during summer, but there's almost no need to. Oh, definitely not. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. And and I think that is the, uh, like I say, that quote unquote moral of the story is uh, that like greed during winter. And I mean, um, I feel like there, there, it's a really good moral, moral story, Uh, especially, I mean, way back when, when Mm -hmm. you were trying to teach your children and everything to, you know, you prepare for the winter. You don't. Uh, you know, gorge yourself all of the first part of winter because then it, towards the end of the winter you're going to be lacking, you know? And so there's a lot of teaching moments in the in the thought process of, you know, kind of like the background and the story and the use of the Wendigo in mm-hmm. cultural uh, teachings, you know, teach, mm-hmm. teaching your children about your culture. And I mean, you know, it, there, there's this teaching lessons that you're getting, but then of course on the flip side, there, there are, uh, you know, documented cases um of Wendigo issues happening, you know what I mean? So when you talk about cases, that brings me to the thought process of Wendigo psychosis, which is apparently a medical term, which describes basically thinking of the Wendigo as a culture-bound syndrome, which I think is also kind of rude, because, I mean, that's basically saying you guys are... (laughs) not want to say the word savage, because... (laughs) Ha! Ha ha! um yes things in the area we're in right now because obviously i'm not at home um but you know basically calling native people savage or thinking that thinking such a thing could exist is savage in itself because you know it's well i would say ignorant ignorant shall i say i would say the white people thinking like you're crazy you don't know what you're talking about that can't be real and them kind of like totally saying you don't know shit just because, like, we're smarter than you. We think we are. Yes, the, uh, and that is definitely another, uh, j- just a little sidebar, because I always like to hear this, because I still have come across professors in today's classrooms calling them myths about, um, you know, the creation stories of Native Americans. They'll be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, they're creation myths. It's not a myth. You know, nobody's saying Jesus Christ is a myth. Mm-hmm. When you are sitting inside of a religious class and you hear them talk about the, anything related to Christianity, they're not calling it a myth. You know, they're calling it the doctorate. They're calling it by the names of which, you know, long time ago that they decided that's what it was going to be. And it just peeves me to be in a classroom in any kind of intellectual conversation and somebody call them, you know, creation myths. It's it's a creation story that's a little bit more, you know, I, I know I'm getting a little PC here, but still, that is how you're supposed to go about it. It makes so much more sense to say that because this way you were showing respect to what you're talking about. You're showing respect for the people who you were talking about um, because you're learning about that. And this is, you know, especially if you're coming from the outside and going inward, mm-hmm. this is the best way to show your sign of respect that you were actually there to actually learn and not say oh yeah I want to learn your ways just so I can turn around and tell you that they're wrong yeah but anyway psychosis no but I mean <laughs> that I mean speaking on what you're speaking on is really good to emphasize because like I said I think it's fucked up that white people I am saying white people I'm saying the Caucasus mountains the people who have told these native people that their stuff is not real it's fucked up it's super fucked up because I'm just like, why, why are you already saying it's not real just because you don't know about it? You haven't seen it. And you're just assuming that it is a crazy mental illness that no, you're just, 
you're just can you're just a cannibal like sorry yeah, yeah sorry bro you just like human flesh like no um but yeah by the way the area we're in we're currently i am currently in new mexico and if you know anything about new mexico there's a lot of native tribes here even in arizona the southwest in general it is a very strong thing here so that's why you know i like to say the white people the white people the caucasian people they always just slam things down and i don't like that and i just i never i'm like you you don't understand yeah that and, that's an entire and, and they podcast don't, yeah and itself. they yeah and they just don't like to learn respectively like you know like you said learn respectively, learn respectively. instead they're just no fake news I'm here to just say no. Like, I'm literally sitting in a class to just tell you no. And it's odd. It's odd behavior. But anyways, back to the um, medical term, Wendigo psychosis, and it being a culture-bound, in quotes, culture-bound syndrome. Symptoms can include intense, and I mean intense, cravings for human flesh and fear of becoming a cannibal. So it's rather you go into this crazy state of, I want to eat my friend, but I don't want to be a cannibal, but I want to eat my friend or anybody that has flesh that I can feast upon. So, um, also associated with that would be winter, north, coldness, famine, starvation. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, well, as I was saying, um, there's actually these documented cases, like I say, from like way long ago, um, specifically one, uh, towards the, the... Swift? Was it that Swift guy? Swift Runner? Yeah, that's one of them, yeah. Swift okay. Runner. Um, I'm pretty sure he got... He uh, essentially... Again, uh, I do believe the story goes that he kind of liked to drink or something to the, to the point that he was putting his family essentially on the back burner. And instead of preparing for the winter correctly and getting enough food for them, mm-hmm. um, he ended up kind of like drinking away some of the money. And towards the end of the winter, he ended up killing and eating his entire family and when like the uh frost and everything had thawed and everything and people went up to go check on them mm-hmm. he like you know they found like i think it was like his like wife's head in a pot and what? all these kinds of things and yeah and, and it showed like he ate his i i even think his mother was with them and he ate her he ate and it was just um uh, the telltale sign was it wasn't even like um, there there was no remorse mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the telltale signs. The other telltale sign was uh, the bones. The bones even had gnaw marks where he was literally just chewing on them. After there was not you know, and it wasn't even like oh yeah I'm you know have boiled these bones down to make stock or something, mm-hmm. which I know sounds kind of awkward, but again <laughs> having a having a chef background there, there is a need to have some stock. Okay, but like definitely, um, there was like you know these chewing marks on the bones, all this other stuff, and again they really did try to like recuperate and bring him back into you know society, and they just thought it was like you know a really bad thing. Mm-hmm. Well then. He attacked somebody else in the community, and he was actively still trying to consume human flesh. And that's how they decided that he was a Wendigo. It, it wasn't just, you know, uh, the passing of a hard winter. Yeah. That, you know, he lost somebody. It was a full-on Wendigo because he was still needing that flesh, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't in need. Of- to, yeah, uh, that there was no other resources available to, to you know, help 
quench some of the thirst. I think I also read that talking about the Swift Runner case is that he wasn't too fucking far from actual food sources like normal food. And he still killed them besides that. So he could have, you know, probably would have taken a while because this happened in the 1800s, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. 18 late 1800s That's late 1800s. and he could have just gone up to the other place that actually had food source could have gone and gotten some food but instead killed everybody yeah he, yeah, <laughs> he, he, he took it upon himself to decide that he was going to be the sole essential survivor and ate them you know and, and again that is one of the like i say that that's that sign that's kind of the the jumping off point of no return So my question to you is, okay, let's say you have become said Wendigo, but we're also talking about you, Hungry November Line. Would you kill everybody first and then just put some of them, like cover them in snow and then go person by person to who you're going to eat? Or you're just going to kill them off, eat the first person and then kill off the other person? Like, are you going to pace yourself? Okay, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> Did you just ask me a personal question regarding my beliefs of how to kill somebody and then consume their flesh <laughs> and other good ways of preserving <laughs> said other bodies? Um, I'm just saying, what would you do in that situation? <laughs> Personally? Huh, I would go to the nearest food source and get from there. Um, I mean, like... If you were going to eat your family. If I was going to eat my family, yeah. If you were, if you were this uh, swift runner dude, that that's a very poor choice of food. <laughs> I'd rather eat sawdust, but I mean, like th- that is definitely a question. Um, <laughs> it can definitely be. I mean, um, specifically, um, I I'm not too sure about you know. Uh, the Algonquin specific customs of you know how. Uh, somebody would react to talking about, you know, maybe kind of consuming flesh to save yourself or save your family mm-hmm. in that particular situation. Um, I'm more knowledgeable about the Donner Party and how mm-hmm. their actual social interactings took place. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was discussions, you know, I mean, like there, there were legit discussions of, okay, we have no other food. This person has died of mm-hmm. natural causes, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in his particular situation, I'm assuming, you know, mm-hmm. I would assume that th- possibly how this came along was uh, somebody passed away or died mm-hmm. of hunger. And he probably tried to talk to others and be like, hey, you know, we need to do this. And he probably tried to talk them into it. Um, I, I would see that being a very feasible explanation. Um, and... It could go of one of two ways. You know, somebody may have been like, that's a good idea. Let's do it and partook. And maybe they just like died naturally. Or um, like most people have suggested, he has killed them. Like he had killed them. Um, So I'm assuming he probably killed at least probably everybody all at once. And then like you say, you know, used uh, makeshift refrigeration outside in the snowbanks. And that would be smart. I mean... uh, Well, because it's cold, right? Well, Well, from a food prepping point of view i mean the next best thing other than you know i mean that is the next best thing other than essentially keeping a person alive until you're ready to eat them then you'd kill them um or if you want to go really extreme i guess you could you know start shaving parts of 
you know, their legs and stuff off while they're still alive. I mean, you can't get fresher than that. But... <laughs> so off the bone. We're just, just right off the bone, yeah. Just slice <laughs> it. Uh, and you'd want to keep them alive as long as possible. And that keeps essentially the flesh Oh, fresh or, because the blood flow. Know. Yeah, because the blood flow, and you'd you'd be eating it right there. I'm I I don't at all condone uh, eating people. I, I don't condone eating people, <laughs> and and I never have, nor have I ever tried to cook them or preserve their bodies <laughs> long enough. But these are all again uh, from what I've read about other cannibalistic situations. Um, there there's definitely that uh, to be seen. Well, okay, because here was my thought process, right? I'm like, well, if I'm in this, let's say, the Wendigo psychosis, right? I mean, I'm obviously kind of batshit crazy at this point. Because, you know, like, let's say I'm, like, staring at my family and I'm like, you guys look kind of yummy. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit off culture. I'm, I'm a little fucked up at this point. I'm like, well, if I eat your mom, I have son here, too. I have to kill my son because if I kill my wife first, the son is probably still young enough to run away and potentially may I may not catch them. Yes, that's definitely like a self-preservation thought process right there too, you know what I mean? Yeah, because my thought process was like, if you didn't kill them all at the same time, they could just run away. I'm like, nothing is preventing them from running away, literally, besides... You're either going to die in the snow if you run that way or run away from base camp mm-hmm. or you're going to die by me. You have like two choices at this point. Like, Well, that's why I say, I mean, uh, th- there's definitely the feasible explanation of possible like, you know, somebody have having just died of hunger or something mm-hmm. again in this point, either, you know, an older, the older mother or the younger child, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then he, the person proposing the idea to the rest of the group mm-hmm. or even maybe even not to the rest of the group, maybe just to one other person. And that one other person um, from, I would understand would be the woman. Mm-hmm. So it would be the wife because she's probably going to be the one cooking, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and if you could get her on board to that point of, you know, oh my God, this is horrible, but we need to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, you can definitely get on that because you don't have to tell any. You know, you can be like, "Oh well, you know, uh, I'm gonna leave and go find a something, and I come back with a rabbit piece of meat." Mm-hmm. Where'd little Johnny go? Stop asking questions and eat your hopping soup. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you could definitely do that, but I mean, then there comes a point of okay, we've ran out of little Johnny. <laughs> um. You know, little Timmy was the older one, and he's now alive and doing a little bit better because he ate little Tommy and he's, you know, got his strength back. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Yeah. You know, we, we've bit our time long enough. And now we're back down to, you know, soup, water, you know. Uh, so then at that point, I think that would be where your, you know, uh, social conflicts would come in and that's when you'd want to kill everybody. Hmm. Just all at once and get it done because i don't i don't think you would be able to easily convince somebody else to kill another person kill, kill another person especially in because it's uh it's a family group it's a family idea you know mm-hmm. what i mean uh so there, there's those kind of connections too it's even more taboo um i think i don't remember who it was i read a book uh regarding i think it was the donner party and it was um oh who decides you know um mm-hmm. Uh, what what is worse, 
being stuck with your family and having to eat your family member or stuck with a group of strangers and eating a stranger. At yeah. what point? Yeah. At what <laughs> point is it worse? You know, it, it is one of those unethical questions that nobody really needs to find a definitive answer to. Um, but specifically with this like Wendigo idea, um, kind of bringing it back. Um, a lot of people think that these types of um, cases, these types of things are just, oh, you know, long time ago, you know, you know, because you think 1800s. It's, oh, that's a long time ago. You know, where mm-hmm. we've evolved since then. They actually had uh, what... Um, I can't remember exactly which tribe they did deem it a Wendigo case. I think it was in 2005. It, it was, like, in the later on 2000s. So, mm-hmm. it was, so it was the later 2000s. Um, a guy was... I think it was in Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> he, the, it was a packed Greyhound bus. Everybody was packed. They were getting ready to go. It was kind of later on in the night. And this guy just kind of flipped out and from some of the accounts that he was kind of like speaking in maybe a strange tongue or just kind of hollering and screaming and making some really, really weird noises. And the guy that he had been talking to, he essentially pulled out a, I think it was a knife and started like stabbing him and people were going haywire on the bus and everything. And then um, when everybody was outside, apparently, and, like, looking in while, like, you know, the cops were being called and stuff, mm-hmm. the guy actually, like, bit into the throat and was, like, chewing the flesh. And, um, I really want to say he bit off the ear. I really want to say that. <laughs> um, don't hold me to it. But he bit okay. another part off of him, like, off his face, head area mm-hmm. and was eating it. And, um, again, the, the white eyewitnesses were confirmed saying, you know, uh, that once he started consuming the flesh, um, the attitude turned from anger to almost happiness. You know, um, and anyway, I do believe the guy was charged and um, possibly found guilty, uh, but I don't think he was probably in prison. I think he was actually put in, like, a psych ward hmm. for that, you know. But, I mean, as late as that, you know what I mean, in the late 2000s that there's still this... Uh, reminiscence of cannibalism being found, you know. So, I mean, uh, definitely Wendigo area, but still kind of bordering on the the sensation of cannibalism and just kind of like the history of cannibalism as well. It's very interesting. Well, I mean, if anything, 2020 has uh, shown uh, acting crazy has not gone away, and if anything, it has been hyped up. Um, so much more. So... <laughs> Uh, being here during a pandemic is just like, and by here, I just mean in the world, <laughs> in the world, in the States during a pandemic is absolutely wild because I'm like, people have just resorted to the craziest things. Mm-hmm. Also just disbelieving facts or, you know, things like science, but I won't mention names. I'm just saying. We should respect uh, the scientific findings of Miss Rona, but A, what do I know? <laughs> but yeah, I, that's kind of crazy. So you said, like, you know, why we don't speak about during winters. You could possibly draw things in by saying said name, right? Yes, uh, again, um, that's that thought process that there's, you know, this kind of lurking, cre- you know, there, there's an actual entity. There's a creature out there. Mm-hmm. in the woods that if you say the name or think about it too much or something like that that it can come and essentially infect you mm-hmm. and change you into a wendigo um and like i say there's kind of 
some variations of the entity coming in, mm-hmm. changing you. In some instances, you change into an entity, mm-hmm. a very um, werewolf transformation-like. You are now, you know, growing horns and eating flesh. Uh, in other instances, the entity is coming in and now you have turned into a, this like zombie-like thing. Mm-hmm. And you're considered a Wendigo at that point because you have like the spirit of the Wendigo in you and it's using you. And then once they kill you or anything, either the Wendigo can die or can go on and reform. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll reform into the creature and then go out and, you know, into the world and try to essentially find like a host again. Okay. Um so, it's, like I say, there's definitely that outside source coming in. Mm-hmm. And there, like you say, there's, like, the spiritual aspect that, you know, you could just get infected, like, a demonic possession mm-hmm. where you're, like, a host. Or there's a actual creature that mm-hmm. will come into your house or come into your village and, and change you. Mm-hmm. And then you can possibly change into a creature yourself in, in that aspect. And it's drawing them in, you know. It's kind of like the, uh, what is... Th- I think it's called The Creeper, That Cryptid. Have okay. you heard about The Creeper? Um, I want to say it's called The Creeper or something. I, I, I the, 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 the light thought process, but I don't you know, oh. think it's coming up good. Okay. Well, a brief thing on The Creeper and why I'm talking about this with, you know, manifestation of said creatures and things like that is I think The Creeper started out like as a dark web kind of thing but i think so many people got to believing said thing was real and brought it into existence which i know some of you guys think that's fucking crazy but i'm like actually no not really collective mentality can be quite powerful especially you know physically Mm -hmm. breaking because i'm like i'm not trying to sound super crazy but interdimensions (laughs) like something like a black mirror which i have not played around with because I don't know. That freaks me out a little bit. Um, <laughs> those things are real, even if they're not as easily explainable to normal people. I say that in air quotes, normal, because, uh, you know. <laughs> What's normal? What is normal? Sitting on the dryer. <laughs> Sitting on a tractor is more normal. <laughs> but... Yeah, so just kind of like that ideology of that too. Mm, yeah, but. there, there, there's definitely, um, you know, like you said, the collective mentality. Um, I mean, science is going to try to explain it away as mass hallucination. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? Maybe, maybe there is something about you know actual having a hallucination. But I mean, having a hallucination about something maybe like this, or even you know, is anything spiritual? Is it really then deemed not real? It all goes back to Harry Potter. Of course it was <laughs> happening in your head, but why doesn't it make it real? Um, but I mean, like, you know, there, there's that other aspect of, like, why why can't that be still there? Right. Um, but I guess that's basically what we have to say about said Wendigo, unless there's something... Oh, I book? do have a okay. book. Um, yes, specifically, um, linking with the whole cannibalism idea. Okay. Um, as, as I was asked whether I would, you know, fillet somebody open <laughs> and then stash their body in the, you know, ice cold snow outside to, you know, continue on my killing rampage. Um, there's a book. It's called Cannibalism, A Perfectly Natural History by Bill Schultz. Uh, his last name spelled S-C-H-U-T-T. Um, 
it's a really good book. I, I listened to the audio book because I had started reading it. Um, but essentially, he's trying to uh, talk about, you know, this hor- horrible taboo that we have as humans about eating one another. And, you know, he, he really goes into depth about cannibalism, specifically in nature. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting because it brings up a lot of ethical questions. It brings up a lot of... Um, Questions also about, you know, global warming and stuff uh, and affecting cannibalistic rates and all this other good stuff. And um, it's a really interesting read, hmm. um, but it does give you a little bit of insight that as taboo as we ourselves have made it, it is found in the animal kingdom so much more than you would really think. And there's a lot of different... Um, variations of cannibalism and towards the end of the book he does talk about some of actual physical cannibalism with humans um and then there being um actually like even fetishes about it um you know because the guy in germany posted on craigslist that he wanted to eat somebody he got a response back the guy was like yeah totally like i'm cool let's eat me and they cut off uh, the guy came over, they pumped him, I think, full of drugs so he wouldn't feel much. They cut off his penis and tried to eat it together. Um, the <laughs> And this also talks about the preservation. Um, the one guy couldn't eat it too well. Apparently they burnt it, um, trying to make sure that it was cooked. And uh, they couldn't eat it that well. And the one guy was losing a lot of blood. So they packed him in ice in a bathtub. And the other guy was starting to, you know, cut off pieces of him and eat him. Um, and then of course, uh, I think it was being like live streamed or the video was put out about it and he was arrested and stuff. But again, then that brings up this whole other thing. Is there a crime really happening when somebody's like, yeah, eat me. Consenting. Yes. And it comes up a question of consent to, uh, specifically uh, to deal with cannibalism, not so much, you know, consent with, you know, other sexual practices. Um, but, uh, definitely kind of crazy, uh, spins on like this stuff is happening you know i mean um it's it's interesting to see all these uh thought processes about cannibalism and again with the wendigo essentially being the quite literal manifestation of an act of cannibalism Mm -hmm. you know being being something in the physical world uh that can haunt you and elude you and draw you in and make you you know, distorted and thinking of what you were going to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's it's really interesting to see uh, the other side of it, of that in the animal kingdom, essentially, it is very natural. All the way to, from infant side up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like you were saying, uh, there are some who are eating their young. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, there's varying reasons why. From, you know, there's too many of them, I need to kill one to feed us. And keep it going. Or that one's kind of not looking so great. It's oh, yes, already, uh, it's know. already. I don't think the chance of it surviving are very good, so I'm just going to kill it. Yes, um, and actually there is a thought process that um, nature itself, actually the quote-unquote mutt, or the weak mm-hmm. pup uh, from a litter or from anything like that, is essentially there because uh, the mother can't leave her anything to go get food. And so if she eats that one... Mm-hmm. She's essentially being 100% recyclable. And, you know, she she is going green. She's <laughs> feeding the pups that are going to survive. And apparently, you know, I mean, the pushing thing for nature is passing on genetics. 
Yeah. And essentially, all males are my genes need to be passed on to the one. Mm -hmm. And then the woman is my genes need to be passed on with these, you know, the litter with Mm -hmm. the offspring. They need to be like, they need to live. Yeah. You know, and that's it. But I mean, sometimes they eat them. Uh, And then on the flip side, too, some of them eat the older uh, you know, like in a pack, you know, you know, sometimes there's a, the older, weaker one and it's, we're going to sacrifice that one so we can eat, you know what I mean? And so we can keep the young healthy. Yeah. Um, and then there's, I mean, other times that they just go crazy and eat each other, you know, <laughs> but I, it's a wide variety of uh, cannibalism in nature. It's a really good book. I suggest you should read it. I liked it. Um, <laughs> does not touch on the Wendigo, just. So if you're expecting it to talk about the Wendigo, it does not. But it does talk about cannibalism, which the Wendigo is essentially the manifestation representation of it. But yes. So. But I think kind of like as a closing note, it is important to read such books like that to have a wide spectrum of how things could tie into this or that or having like, I don't want to say more factual based knowledge, but more Western factual based other things that could tie in with you know, things like the Wendigo. So you could be like, oh, well, this isn't just that, or this isn't just this, but this is widespread, not just this, not just exclusive, kind of. This happens. Yes, you know, it happens, and that it happens everywhere, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And specifically with uh, this, um, it really helps you to bring up um, some kind of commentary and maybe even, you know, can start a conversation um, like we're having here about... Uh, customs within a culture mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I mean uh, like the book saying it's I have, there's literally I think one chapter called eating people is bad then the next one says eating people is good um, <laughs> so, so you know uh, it, it really does kind of enlighten the cultural aspects of you know uh, why we have deemed such different customs and ideologies and things bad what we have deemed good you know all, all these different things and it really helps to just really have a full understanding and you become kind of, you know, more a well-rounded individual when mm-hmm. you can be like, oh, well, you know, well, this is possibly a correspondence with that, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can start making these links and having more informed, more um, intuitive, deeper discussions about such things. But also it reminds me of Willy Wonka, though. Okay, okay, <laughs> before you start cracking up, put your head down. Okay, I'm talking about the one with Johnny Depp. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? I'm going to tell you why. Remember when he's talking about something and he's like, and talking basically about cannibalism, and he's like, but that, my dear children, would be considered cannibalism and is a frowned upon in some countries, in most countries. And it's like, it was very clearly discussed. And he's like, well, you know, it happens, but you guys probably shouldn't. <laughs> and it and it was just kind of like a funny pop culture moment, going touching upon cannibalism. Touching upon cannibalism. <laughs> as, as long as we can bring anything, we we can relate anything to cannibalism. It's fine. It's, it's no big deal. <laughs> and whether or not it would be frowned upon, just know it's like just saying. Just know if you eat somebody, it may on, not on be a, a slight note. Okay, <laughs> HLM does not condone eating people, as. <laughs> My, uh, you know, wonderful host here today has <laughs> literally forced me into 
contemplating ideas of how I would kill, cook, and eat my family (laughs) as I was stuck inside in a snowy atmosphere. Just putting that out there. Don't condone it. Even if you're in the Willy Wonka chocolate factory and you turn into Blueberry Girl, I ain't going to take a bite. (laughs) So, yeah. I guess to go along with that, I also do not condone eating people. (laughs) I'm just saying, if you were going to... If you were going to, if what, you were going to, if you I were mean, going to, what flavor of Mrs. Dash would you want to use? I'm just saying, a if you're gonna do it anyways, or you know, you think you run into some crazy psychosis thing, I'm just letting you know, uh, there's cases and these are real things that have happened, and it's not just fiction. And there's apparently still people eating people as a fetish. Yeah, so there you go. It's it's not dead. <laughs> Or is it? <laughs> but above. Um, but enough silliness and antics. We're going to go. And there might be a fun little episode we can always do a similar own Because we're going to be visiting the James St. James. A... The St. James Hotel. Oh, St. James Hotel. Okay. St. James Hotel in Cimarron, New Mexico. Yes. Which is... Um, there was actually a Ghost Adventures episode of that place. So I'm kind of excited. But anyways, maybe we'll uh, discuss that if anything interesting happens. Don't know if it will. Could not. Could could totally because this pandemic has put out some really odd energy into the world. So I don't know what the spiritual world is going through, but probably some bullshit too. All right. Uh, well, have a great day, guys. And I'm out. And you want to say ah? Whoops. Thank you for having me, dear. Thank you. And this has been an interesting episode, to say the least. Always interesting with you. Uh, Adi, bye.